Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, prepare yourselves for the most outstanding and astounding feat in podcast history. Brace yourselves for the exploding barbed wire death cast. Explosive Midwest Coast shit. Yeah. There's no Midwest Coast, but you know, I had to make it. Ryan. There's two. What do you call Duluth? I call it a waste of space. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. It's a shitty time to be living in Minnesota, my friends. I tell you, probably worse to be living not, in the, uh, the. Don't be living in Texas in right England. now. Well, New England area with all the blizzards and shit. But yeah, Texas is. Bad for Texas. Well, the problem is, is they don't know how to handle winter down there. I'm telling you. And there should always be contingencies for that kind of thing. But for some reason, there's not. I've uh, well, because it happens once in every like seven years. So are you really going to spend money on a contingency for once in seven years? My favorite thing is there's still going to be people like, oh, this ain't global warming. It's cold. I remember being down in uh, North Carolina when it snowed. I think like one inch or something, but yeah, all the roads were shut down. All the schools and businesses were shut down. It was like, nobody go nowhere. It's war of the worlds out there. It was, uh, it was fun. <laughs> and here we are fucking freezing worse than them with more snow than them being like, God damn it. Just another day. Well, it may be a bad time to be a human being, but let me tell you what, Fat Mac, it's been a good week to be a wrestling fan. That it has, my friend. That it has. We um, we ended up much to much to our, our surprise. We ended up with two great pay per views this weekend. I feel at least that's me personally. After thinking we'd get one, two, one or one or zero, we ended yeah. up with two great ones. I thought. Um, and this week in wrestling has been solid, you know, not great. I don't think any show was actually great this week, but very solid on all of them, except for, uh, except for one of my favorites, uh, MLW, which to me really sunk to a new low this week with their, with their filthy Island show. But you know what? They're trying something. It sounds like they might be bringing back, um, Lucha Underground, so I can see them trying to get into the cinematic stuff. Interesting to see what's going to happen with with MLW moving forward, but um, I was not a fan of this week's show. Just It's funny because I was thinking for a second, maybe I should check out some MLW. <laughs> I didn't, and maybe I'm kind of thankful. I mean, the, the main event with King Mo versus Loki was good, and the match with Rocky Romero versus uh, Gringo Loco was good. And, you know, I don't know how many times I've seen an entire card fought in a ring with no ropes. So they had some interesting spots. But, um, yeah, I was, it was, it was, it would have been fine on Talking Shop of Mania. It would have been fine in, in NWA. In MLW, it just took me out of it. I like my MLW to be my pure wrestling show. Yes, yes, as I was saying before the podcast, it's supposed to be the NXT of the independent scene. Right. Now, with, you know, Lucha Underground making a comeback, what does that mean for MLW? I don't know. It's 
it's going to be very interesting to see what happens here moving forward with that whole deal. There, there's hints that Dario Cueto is coming back. You know, they have the uh, Azteca Underground is what they're calling it right now. I'm sure Lucha Underground's trademark, so they can't call it Lucha Underground, but Azteca Underground. It's, uh, yeah, it's going to be, I, I mean, they got me intrigued. I will tell, I will say that. As well as, and they might as well, because right now, you know, with um, Impact Wrestling, AEW, you know, Impact, you know, we, we're seeing New Japan guys in there. We're seeing um, AEW guys in there. And now there's rumors. It's not in our news, because as far as I can tell, it's just rumors. But that uh, uh, Kijimoto might be defending the GH, the, the, the Global Honor Crown GHC Championship in Impact Wrestling. So everything's got us interested in talking right now. I guess everything except WWE. Well, except for the fact that we found out on Dynamite this week that Kenny Omega is your WWE champion. <laughs> Good old JR. JR, you gotta love Fucking him. A. <laughs> You're the WWE champion. <sighs> spoilers, <Yeah>. man. Spoilers. <laughs> the door hasn't swung open that far yet. Oh. Yeah. But I got this inkling that it could. It would help to keep guys that want to stay on NXT on NXT if it was just NXT that joined the foray. Right. That would, you know, that would be interesting. It would be. I wish it would happen. I don't think it will. Yeah, it. I mean, it can, but it almost can't legalese. You know, again, you have a publicly traded company with WWE and you'd need to get a board of directors and stock holders and everything you'd almost just have to have triple h take his product and leave you know what i mean completely leave yeah, yeah. legally like legally mm-hmm. um defect from there which won't happen for many moons if ever i think the only time that would happen is if vince actually sold wwe and i could see him selling it in pieces nxt goes to triple h wwe goes to disney you know It's going to be some shit. Not only that, we found out that we're going to be getting, where's the evolution? Evolution. Oh, yeah, there you go. We're going to be getting an exclusive wire death match for the first time since what? The, the early 90s, late 80s? Uh, well, no, I mean, CZW, GCW, they've been doing it forever, but... Um, and I wouldn't say that FMW did it on a large scale. So this is probably the first time we're going to see it on a large scale. I'm trying to think. I don't think WWE ever did exploding. I know they did fire. I know they did barbed wire. I know they've done glass. I don't think they've done exploding. Um, so probably the first time on a major pro wrestling company in the United States, I, I would say. I want to see them bring back Kenny Omega's barbed wire structure from the first uh, match that he had with Moxley. Right. And, and then strap some C4 to that. <laughs> there's C4. <laughs> you gotta love it. <laughs> hey, at least they're selling it. You know, if you're going to do something goofy and corny, you have to sell it. Otherwise it's pointless. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. 
And I guess maybe, anybody- maybe down the line, Cody Rhodes will be in one of these and like his wife will be strapped <laughs> to a nuclear bomb and he's got to win the match in such a time. To- right. <laughs> some full on, uh, some full on Batman from the sixties, some Adam West Batman shit over a shark tank and everything. <laughs> yeah. Anybody, I don't, I don't know if anybody listening to this has ever watched some old, especially the FMW ones. They're kind of, to me, and Pasty, I think, are kind of the famous one that stick out in our minds. King of the Death Match tournaments and, and whatnot. Mm-hmm. They had a lot of them. Um, they would have exploding rings, which were even the even cornier than the exploding barbed wire. And I don't know if they're planning on doing that with this. But basically what, what it was is like at a certain point during the match, uh, a hurricane whistle would go off and then they'd count down from five. And then pyros would shoot out of the four turnbuckle posts. And whoever was in the ring was just out 100%. Not the ref, though. The ref was still good. Because <laughs> he's apparently stronger than the wrestlers. Was he in one of those uh, bomb suits? <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, those were cor- they were corny, but they were fun. And the, and the thing yeah. is, is they dove into the corniness of them. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's just so, it's just your normal death match with explosions. That's every wrestling fan's wet dream, I think. Right. So it it's it's going to be fun, going to be interesting. It's cool or sad that they're bringing it to the mainstream. I guess we're going to find out. Yeah, how it ends up coming. Um. Speaking of mainstream pasty, I think we could bust into this week in pro wrestling history. That's right. Snapping to it. And uh, it doesn't get more mainstream than Madison Square Garden when it comes to wrestling and wrestling history. And of course, pasty, February 19th, 1968, New York City, New York, the WWWF, yes, the Worldwide Wrestling Federation, held its first event in the fourth and what is now the current incarnation of Madison Square Garden. How many uh, wrestling buffs knew that there was four Madison Square Gardens? This isn't the original. Well, it's got it's it's square. There's got to be four. That that makes sense, right? <laughs> I like that. The previous Madison I remember Madison, when it was Madison Triangle Garden. Right? <laughs> the previous Madison Square Gardens opened in 1879. 1890 and 1925, respectively. The new MSG had opened officially two days earlier. So, of course, WWWF was one of the first shows in there. Results of this shows, um, maybe some folks that most of you listening to don't know. But nonetheless, they were big time in their day. We had the magnificent Maurice defeat Carl Steiff. Virgil, the Kentucky Butcher, defeat Edward Carpenter. Victor Rivera defeated Hans Mortimer. Dominic DiNucci and Professor Toru Tanaka fought to a draw. Miguel Perez defeated Gil Gordon. The Sheik defeated Louis Serdan. Of course, this is the original Sheik, not the Iron Sheik. Earl Maynard defeated Luke Graham with a West Indian backbreaker. That's racist. Little Beaver and Little Jackie defeated Little Brutus and Sky Low Low in a little person's match. (laughs) 
And the WWWF World Heavyweight Champion Bruno Sammartito defeated Bull Ramos by submission. I love when you watch all these old WWWF matches. They always had to throw some little person match in their big events. <laughs> it's so weird to me that, that WWF decided to become WWE when they could have just reverted to WWWF. I suppose you want to knock it down, not grow it bigger. Right now their their uh, logo is just two W's. So yeah, but you can squeeze a third each time. You'd never know the difference. <laughs> For years, it was in there. It was just laid perfectly over the second, the first W, and like slightly skewed. I mean, now they could have called it the Capital Capital uh, Wrestling. Yes, but now NXT gets that. God, I love that setup, though. That's such a good setup for NXT. It is such a good setup, and you know what? They really should change the name NXT to that because then you could have an actual third brand. Because I don't care what, what NXT yeah. wrestlers want to say. It's still the developmental yeah, brand. It's still next. That's that's why yeah. that's why people say they get, you know, brought up to the main roster when they go to SmackDown or Raw. It's because it's still it is developmental. It's still they bring guys in, they start at NXT first, learn the product, and then move up. If you had like a Capital Wrestling and then had NXT as I don't, just, again, just say just a uh, WWE Network exclusive where they brought in the new people. I don't know. I mean, yes, obviously, that's more wrestling than we fucking need. I, I'll be the first to admit that. We don't need more shows. We need less. But I still think there's a stigma with NXT, at least amongst most folk and definitely well, they, amongst um, Vince McMahon and the shareholders. They're definitely bringing in the new people on NXT now. Holy shit. Holy shit, Pasty said. L.A. Knight, everybody's favorite. That's such a dumb name, but I love Eli Drake. <laughs> I actually like the L.A. Knight name. It works. It just rep- reminds me of, like, Rapungi Vice too much. That's a kind of a stretch there, Loke. It's weird. It's weird, I know. Kind but, of a stretch. Yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, I know it. I know it. So much good shit to run down this week, Fat Mac. We got two pay per views to review and one to predict with a nice Savage Sentinel slapped in the middle. Slap into it. Oh, yes. that's into it. <laughs> so let's start by breaking down Impact's No Surrender which I made the mistake of waiting until after NXT TakeOver to watch. Which probably wasn't the right decision. Yeah, I actually, um, I watched both of these the same day, but I watched Impact the afternoon of, and then I watched NXT uh, semi-live. Not live-live, but semi-live. Both shows were really, really good. It was a very entertaining weekend. Impact No Surrenders started with a six-person tag match, seeing the decay. That's Black Tarouse, Crazy Steve, and Rosemary defeating Triple XL, AC Romero, and Larry D with Neil Dashwood. This was uh, 
<laughs> this was fun. I really liked this. This oh. was basically just, uh, to me, I think they put this all together just to showcase uh, Black Taurus. Oh, yeah, definitely. And to let Crazy Steve get his ass kicked by a couple of big guys. Oh, he's so good at just fucking being <laughs> a bump machine. So good at that. Yeah, this was this was a good match. Um, as I stated, Black Tarus just kind of owned the ring. He was doing power moves on the big guys. He was then doing, you know, Lucha Libre moves on the big guys. He was proving, and he does this all with, with one of the masks that look like the most difficult to work in. Right, yeah. It, it looks like one Things of those masks. He's got to be like glued to his face. Yeah, it looks like one of those masks that you take off before you wrestle, but he doesn't. I can almost guarantee the same person who made that mask makes Luchasaurus's mask, but the Black Taurus mask is so much bigger. It is. It's it's big, it's bulky, and when he does all... You know, if he was only doing power moves, it wouldn't be as impressive, but the fact that he's doing all this flip-flop and fly, as Dusty Rhodes would say, um, yeah, really impressive. Mm-hmm. Oh, and I said I was excited for Black Taurus versus Luchasaurus last week, even more so after <laughs> seeing this match. I, I sadly, as busy as I was this whole week and everything, I didn't take notes at all. But I will say, uh, I, I remember Black Taurus stealing the show. Rosemary actually did a really good job. It ended with her uh, spitting the mist into the eyes of, I think, AC. And then Black yeah. Taurus getting the win. Oh, we did see a... Uh, Black Taurus salt, which is fucking awesome. It's a spinning moon salt, um, almost like a red arrow or whatnot, or a phoenix splash. I, I'd have to go back and watch it to see exactly what it is. But god damn, it's it was, it was fucking nuts. Yeah, big dude to be doing that. And then there was a really fun moment when uh, everybody was diving out of the ring onto the others. You know, standing like coil or Jr. would say, and. <laughs> And to Neil Dashwood, she's like, nope, not going to do it, not going to do it. And fucking AC Romero just picked her up and fucking powerbombed her onto everybody. <laughs> you're like, no, you're part of the team, bitch, you're going. <laughs> I thought that was really fun. This was a really fun, like, this was probably the perfect opener. There's a lot of things that could have been a good opener. Um, but, man, this one had action. It had story. It had fun. I think it just had everything that I wanted in a wrestling match. Maybe not the best of everything, but a good amount of everything altogether. Yeah, yeah. No, this was definitely definitely a well-put-together match and well-played. Uh, Tennille got to play her herself where she just doesn't want to be involved. <laughs> uh, it was good, good times. I love Decay. Yeah, they're really building this uh, faction back up in a great way. And as you mentioned last week, you know, Black Taurus, I think, is a, a great replacement for Abyss. Of course, Abyss is irreplaceable, but you got another big, monstrous dude. But this is a big, monstrous dude that can also hang in there with Steve and Rosemary in the, the quickness department. So, um, really good, really good. Of course, Pasty, you and I both picked DK to win, and uh, we were not disappointed. DK took home the win, I guess. That's all they took. <laughs> they took home Black Taurus. Uh, then we had... They grabbed the brass ring. <laughs> then we had a fun little match here that's a tag match. Brian Myers and Hernandez, the heels actually defeated Eddie Edwards and Matt Cardona. Kind of surprising. 
Yeah. Yeah, I didn't pick that to happen. You fucking did. I picked it, but I wasn't really sold on it, just to be honest. Um, This match really was about Myers and Cardona with Hernandez and Edwards just kind of taking a backseat, I think. Mm-hmm. Which, which is okay. I mean, it took forever for the two to get in the ring. Of course, Myers did not want to face Cardona. That was kind of the, the theme with all of this. Well, yeah, he's got an eye patch. Well, yeah. He's, he's got a doctor's note for the eye patch, pasty. Shouldn't it be Eddie Edwards with the eye patch? He's the one who had the busted eye socket. Yeah. But, you know. What did Brian Myers do to get it? Injuries. Heels with fake injuries are awesome. <laughs> And it's it'll be fun to see how long he carries this eye patch thing going forward. Like I loved uh, I loved D'Lo on commentary where he was like, "Striker, you know what? Don't talk to me when it comes to injuries that take an extra long time to heal." <laughs> but fair enough. Of course, anybody who knows D'Lo Brown's history, he wore a chest protector after getting ribs broken, but he ended up wearing it for like four years. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, This was a good match. Um, Not a great match, but a good match. Yeah, it was fun. You know, I'm looking forward to seeing more of uh, the major brothers warfare against each other. Hopefully one-on-one. I I think Myers and Cardona kind of shown here, but I think it did hamper Hernandez and Edwards, to be honest. Yeah. But at least they got a spot on the pay-per-view. Yeah. And again, that wasn't what this was for. It was her building them, Mm -hmm. but there are two great athletes there that are kind of getting overlooked. Also, I agree. You don't really have to build guys that came from WWE. They did that already. (laughs) Right. Right. (laughs) Um, Also, I, I don't like the way they deal with Cardona and Myers being friends. Because even at one point, I, I, don't, I think it was Strikers, like, well, you know, they do a podcast together, and sometimes business gets in between friendships. And I'm like, no, because the podcast is, is shoot. It's not a work. They're friends. They laugh. They joke. They have fun. Yeah. Don't bring it into the storyline, because it just kills it. Right. I didn't like that. Yeah. That'd be like Biggie leaving the New Day, starting a feud, and then they keep doing the podcast yeah it's like that's fine you could do the podcast but don't bring it up on tv while you're feuding with them right yeah 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 you keep that shit separated and it works a lot better it's called kayfabe folks we should go to impact wrestling and rival against each other i would love it yes i'll team with brian myers you can not i want matt cardona but you you can i want to i want to i want to team with ac romero (laughs) <laughs> fuck that I'll, you're just gonna I'll drink look, a bunch of beer I will look thinner than I've ever looked in my life <laughs> standing next to him yeah, he, is he getting bigger I think he is getting bigger <laughs> he definitely isn't getting smaller no definitely not he could uh, He could definitely have some actual <laughs> serious medical issues in the future that, that was the whole match I was like holy shit I feel for him like I know how hard it is to do shit at my size Right. I couldn't imagine sprinting around a ring and doing all kinds of crazy shit. Uh, nuts. Hats off to AC Romero. 
Very much so. And Larry D also, who is no, not a small feller. Right. And then we have the grudge match. Seeing Jake something defeating Deaner. And this one I kind of missed, so you're going to have to illustrate for us. Well, it's kind of, I think, almost what you thought it would be. He really overcame all the odds of a violent by design interfering the whole time to where he, uh, he, he snapped, he pulled it out, he beat Diener clean in the middle of the ring. They ended up, uh, of course, afterwards beating the ever-loving shit out of him, which, uh, which is good. They got their heat back. You know, um, this was okay for a grudge match. I'd want maybe more violence and maybe less interference. I know that sounds weird. Did this get, I I think it almost got violent by design over more than Jake something, but Jake something did definitely come out as the hero, as the underdog. It was an okay match. You know, to me, the problem is Diener and Jake something just aren't they're not main guys they neither one has it you know eric young of course he has the charisma he's great in the role that he's playing he's got the eyebrows too oh wait, he does no. have the eyebrows no he doesn't and then uh <laughs> joe doring i think can go a long way and could definitely be a heavyweight uh champion at, at any point i i think i see nothing but the ceiling for joe doring and it's like i don't know you took the two the two people I care the least about in this whole deal, and I get their, you know, shoot, or not shoot, they're working, you know, family, so they're supposed to be related, but, yeah, it came and went. It, it could have been worse, but it should have been better. Mm-hmm. That's the way I looked at it. Well, you got to assume there's going to be a few of these matches with, you know, the, the history that they have. Oh, yeah, there's got to be something with, you know, I'm assuming a cage match would be next so that Violent by Design can't interfere, and, of course, they will interfere. They will. And, um, you know, there's probably, you know, Jake something's going to get some help. and It was me. I was the matches. cage all along. <laughs> so, I mean, it happened. Yeah, yeah, it did. Match happened. Hey, you know what else happened? What was that? A fucking awesome triple threat revolver match for the number one contender for the X Division Championship. Who was all in that? Well, Josh Alexander won, defeating Ace Austin, Blake Christian, Chris Bay, Davari, Suicide, fucking Trey Miguel, and Willie Mack. Basty, I can honestly say this is the very best triple threat revolver match for the number one contendership for the X Division Championship that I have ever seen in my life. Yes, definitely. And I knew as soon as the match started, fucking Josh Alexander was going to win, and I'm so pissed. See, now, as soon as I seen Trey Miguel start the match out, I thought he was for sure winning. Yeah. I thought he was going to run the gauntlet and win it, and... and um. And they used him sparingly, so I I honestly thought he was winning this one. Um, well, Josh Allen is a fucking monster. This was this was a showcase for Josh Alexander and Trey Miguel because those two stole the fucking show. Trey Miguel the whole time, and Josh Alexander he came in later in the game, but holy fuck did he look like he earned the X Division t- title? I would have gave him the title right there. Yeah. He put on a fucking, I, I, I just loved it. The suplexes, the holds, 
the fucking slobber knocking blows. Like I've been, I know you don't like Josh Alexander and I've been a huge fan of his forever. God, to me, this like just underscores what I love about Josh Alexander. Cause he is fucking, he is pro wrestling. If you ask me. No, if any match of his would win me over, it was this one, I think. I'm not pissed that he won. I'm just mad that Trey didn't. Uh, also, I was kind of hoping when, when I figured he was going to win that we'd see some Karate Man. Right. <laughs> like maybe Suicide is Karate Man. That'd be cool. <laughs> How about uh, Blake Christian? Did you did you like what, what you seen of Blake Christian? I don't remember what I seen of Blake Christian. God damn it. Well, he started out, he started out the match. He was one of the three that started out the match. And, uh, uh, you're talking about how you didn't really know him. And I told you he's one to look forward to. And I thought you'd be paying attention because I said something and then you just didn't care. So. No, this is a triple threat revolver match. I'm not going to pay attention to like the middle. Nonetheless, he was very impressive. Uh, I knew he wasn't going to win. He's of course the baby of the group. Uh, Another person that, of course, always steals the show is Suicide. But, of course, we know that Suicide has been many folk. Pasty, I I took the time to do a little research and find out who's been playing Suicide uh, the last couple months. You want to take a guess at who's under the Suicide mask right now and did this awesome performance in this match? Uh, Rocky Romero? That would be awesome, but no, I don't think he's signed to impact (laughs) Caleb with a K really that's Caleb with a K wow I love that they're using him I love that they're using his wrestling skills under the suicide mask and using his uh charisma and his just jackassery um while he's with Tennille Dashwood. That is such a great fucking use of this character I can't wait till they expose suicide as him that's going to blow people's minds. If they do, they could you always expose him as somebody else. Uh, I don't know that it fits the Caleb with a K character, but, it, but you know. But, if, you know, if you were going to push him, that's how you'd do it. Oh, for sure. It would be awesome. But I just, that kind of impressed me, too. Uh, Caleb Conley, of course, is a, a darling from the indie scene, but he's, he's in, in impact, he's done his best work as just being this this great number two. And and I don't mean a shit. He is kind of a shit, but <laughs> kind of, kind of. that that kind of surprised me. You don't you don't picture Caleb with a K underneath the suicide mask. So good for him. I I earned a little more respect for him there. That is that's fucking crazy. Also, um, Josh Alexander really has me wanting Cesaro to go to Impact. Oh, those two could Jesus just have Christ a two out of three falls match. Oh my gosh. Ah, oh. I'd be all over it. I would love it. This was, you know what, for uh, for a new and maybe somewhat complicated match, although I think when you know the rules, it's actually not as complicated as it sounds when you're explaining them. Honestly, I would like it to be a little bit more complicated where, like, three guys start in the ring, everybody else is outside the ring, and then every three minutes something pops up on the Titantron and one guy has to leave and one guy has to come in. Yeah, almost like a uh, almost like a, a triple threat lumberjack um, Royal Rumble. Yeah, sort of. Yeah. yeah, and then you could even have it like the timer counts down and somebody's getting pinned, but at two it switches and the guy who's getting pinned has to get out, and so he gets saved by that. You know that that actually is new. <clears throat> it, it's probably overly complicated, but I think it'd be fun. 
It probably is, but I, I will say for this match, I thought this was a great outing for them to have this first ever Triple Threat Revolver match. I oh, thought yeah. this was a great way to showcase it. It made it look like a good match. And, and I that's what this was. It was a showcase for all of these men, and it did well. Right. Then, Pasty, <sighs> talk about a showcase. We had a no-DQ Texas Tornado Knockouts Tag Team Championship match where we've seen Kira Hogan and Tasha Steeles course the team of fire and flavor keep those championships hot and tasty against havoc and nevea yeah i'm not picking havoc and nevea again <laughs> <laughs> not a good track record so far you should have won this one no and I, i'm pretty sure it seems like they're probably building towards a fuse here um with uh nevea being pretty upset at havoc for running her head into the chair that she set up. Yeah. Uh, but, of course, you know, that's what happens. We know that whenever somebody sets something up there, the one's going through it. This, But I thought this was so good. Um, I've seen a lot of people online shit on this match, and I thought all four women did amazing jobs. So I don't know what match they were watching. I, I enjoyed this, this more than the fun. last one. This, uh, I, I will say they didn't overdo it with the uh, no DQ rules, I guess. And maybe people wanted more blood and guts and weapons and stuff. But um, I want to see the bloodiest women's match ever. That'd be cool. What is the bloodiest women's match ever, Fat Mac? You know this. <laughs> You're not talking about the tampon, are you? <laughs> <laughs> Um, <laughs> I would say, uh, you know what? I'd have to go in. I got a DVD that's got a hell of a bloody fucking, uh, women's match on it. It's from CZW, um, early two thousands. And I cannot remember who's in it, but it's actually a hell of a fucking gruesome, uh, match. And that'd be probably up there. I would say, I know Candice LeRae has been in a lot of bloody matches as well, but those are usually intergender matches. That's so weird. I have not watched a lot of her back stuff, but I cannot imagine <laughs> that woman in NXT being in anything <laughs> or fighting men. They, yeah, like, they really haven't used her at all in NXT. Have they They've uh-uh. just made her the wife? Yeah, that's exactly it. But she's got that, the wife face kind of like Michelle McCool and, and all the other, the wives of WWE. Yeah, but I that's mean. That's what they're going to call Total Divas going forward. The wives, the wives of WWE. Of WWE. <laughs> <laughs> the real wives. Doesn't have to be the real, the real wives of. <laughs> the real wives of basketball players. Well, you wouldn't say real because then you could put the kayfabe relationships on the show too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, this this match here, though, I, I loved every moment of it. I thought everybody used their strengths to their advantage, and I think that the opponents very much used their weaknesses to their advantage. There were a couple times I did see um, Havoc, who is, who is a veteran and an amazing wrestler. I seemed like she kind of was a step behind in doing something, like she was almost scared to go full bore or was waiting for a cue or something. So I will say that there were a few t- spots that were kind of – janky other yeah, than that yeah. though i fucking loved it no it was good it was a lot of fun uh, like i said i enjoyed it more than the first match and i'm looking forward to the next one probably won't be picking havoc and nevea and that's gonna be the fucking one they win 
<laughs> That's your luck, buddy. <laughs> they lost the first two matches. Wrestling rules dictate they have to win the next one. Yeah, so far with five matches into a nine-match deal, uh, Pacey has one win yeah. that he got with... Uh, the first match. Yeah, with Decay. Yep. Yeah, you and I both won, and then yep. I've got four wins. We both, of course, lost the Triple Threat Revolver. We both picked Trey Miguel. Yeah. Who would have been a great winner? Either or. Either of those two. Anybody I'm other assuming than those two he's going to be going after the main NXT championship soon, though. You know what I mean? The NXT championship? Really? <laughs> no. Wow. Impact Wrestling. I was looking at X, <laughs> X championship and then that. Yeah they, yeah, they really are pushing him as a legitimate threat, so that's cool. I would love to see him and Rich Swan. Yeah. You know, whether oh, he's the yeah. champion or not, we don't know because he has to defend the title against Tommy Dreamer tonight and anything could happen. <laughs> but yeah. Still. Tommy boy. He's going to get me the win. Oh, where, where, where are we at next, Pasty? Uh, up next, we have the X Division Championship match. Seeing TJP defeat Rohit Raju. Really fun, fast-paced match. I like this. It's very good. These two have so much chemistry together that it's like part of me is like I've seen enough of this match. And and this probably is the blow-off, even though it's not like a major uh, uh, stipulation or nothing. This is probably the blow-off. But nonetheless, it's like I feel like I should be sick of seeing them. And kind of when I see them coming up against each other, I'm like, again? But then they're just awesome in the ring, and I just love yeah. it. So, kudos. Yeah, they do them. work really well together. You know, I could be done for now, but I definitely would like to see it picked back up somewhere else in the future. Yeah, Rohit Raju's definitely built himself up from somebody I didn't give a shit about to somebody that I just love to hate. I look forward to seeing him because I just despise him, and I want to see him get his comeuppance. Yes. I'm so, not looking forward to Josh Alexander destroying TJP and taking that belt off of him in the near future. Well, lucky for you, Pasty, on this week's Impact, he actually lost to TJP. Surprisingly, I thought he was going to fucking win. I wanted yeah. him to win. Yeah. Uh, he lost, though. So his, his X Division Championship number one contender is spent. And... Um, it was a really good match, though. Back Not if Rohit Raju becomes his manager. He'd be able to get him another shot. That's true. No, that was a really good match. I definitely recommend Impact this week. Josh uh, Alexander I, comes out dressed as... Uh, Mahabalashira? <laughs> Who was CJP playing? Uh, Manic. Oh, Manic as Manic. Yes. Yeah, he's yeah. Where, he's, it's just him with something? a Manic mask with wrestling headgear over the Manic mask. Right? Like, <laughs> Fully obvious, but just I, I did notice also that TJP is still wearing his uh, uh manic um merch body suit to the ring. No, yeah. not the bodysuit, oh. but he's wearing like the, the manic shirt and everything to the ring. And I'm like, do they not have TJP merch for him to fucking sell? Like, get some TJP shit out there, buddies. Probably WWE still has, has some kind of merch rates to it or something. I don't know. I don't know. But then, uh, Pasty, we had a really <laughs> fun match. This was almost the uh, the old guard and the new guard um, with a kind of mix in between there. We had a six-woman tag match seeing Jordan Grace, Jazz, and ODB 
defeat the young punks of Deanna Perrazzo, Kimberly, and Susan in what, God, maybe one of my favorite women matches I've seen in a long fucking time. Yeah, this was really good. This almost stole the show for me, and when I thought about, like, the combined ages of everybody in here, Jazz has been wrestling forever. She's in her late 40s. ODB is in her early 40s. Kimberly is in her late 30s. Susan's in her late 30s. Um, Deanna and Jordan are pretty young, but it's just like, holy shit, these women. I just, uh, I, I was listening to a podcast the other day. Um, it was Wrestle War 91, I think, uh, NWA Wrestle War 91, and they had these uh, two Japanese tag teams of women. And it was Jim Ross, actually, and he said, you know, I, I never thought that we'd see women wrestling like this in the States because I never thought women in the States would ever want to do this kind of work. And I'm watching this match like, holy shit, like this is where the women's wrestling has come to. And, oh, yeah. and I love it. This is why Impact is so great for women's wrestling. They really are. They're really just just owning it. And they're not afraid to try different things. So then why Taya Valkyrie have to leave? Oh, that is um, sad, sad and disgusting. I know. I know. I was happy for Eli Drake, and I'm very, very jealous for everybody who's not WWE because, goddamn, she would be so pivotal in this Forbidden Door opening thing. Oh, she's just, I mean, she's awesome. She's a Canadian wrestler who fucking made her name in Mexico and then became a super sensation in the United States. What more do you want? Right. Now she's going to go to WWE and just be the third Charlotte Flair. But to be fair, I mean, married to uh, John Morrison, you kind of. Which means she'll be relegated to the mid card like he is. To the wife. (laughs) She's the wife. But moving on from that. <sighs> yes. Yeah, we're moving on. Moving on to the World Tag Team Championship three-way. It's a menage a trois times two. The Good Brothers, Gallows, and Anderson defeating Beer Guns, Chris Saban and James Storm, and Private Party, Isaiah Cassidy and Mark Quinn. Much to the chagrin of Matt Hardy. Shit's not going well for him right now. Uh, not going well at all for him. He's he's losing his grip. About to be losing 100% of his first quarter profits. <laughs> <laughs> know, right? Which is just an odd, an odd fucking thing to put up, isn't it? Right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> of your first quarter profits. It's like, that's a very business thing. Is private party going to turn on Matt Hardy at, at evolution at revolution revolution. We don't know what it's called. It's called revolution. I looked it up, but you know, devolution it's de-evolution. You know, revolution was the women's pay-per-view and I'm kind of mad at AEW for taking that. Wasn't it our evolution though? No, that was NXT takeover. Our fuck. (laughs) Something, something. It was our evolution. (laughs) NXT takeover, our evolution. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 I'll give you that. Then maybe it's not as, as original and good as it should be, but no, it just, I'm, I'm mad that, that Cody would think, Oh, I need to take that away from the women of WWE. 
Cody doesn't respect women. Look at the fucking women's division in AEW. Brandy Rhodes is in real waves at WWE too. <laughs> I, I can see that. Um, but yeah, uh, I, I don't know. Obviously, there there's going to be a separation between Matt and Private Party. How that's going to go about, you know, is Matt Hardy's wrestling days completely behind <laughs> him? Um, he should have a blow off feud. Yeah, I don't want it to be with Private Party. Well, it looks like it's Hangman Page, but which which I'm not a big fan of, but I bet you they could go, do good work together. And there's somebody that they're pushing in AEW, so I, I respect that. Yeah, no, I want to see him stick with this gimmick. Maybe until Jeff Hardy. I don't know. If Jeff's got like what four years with WWE now. He yeah, he resigned uh, for a good amount. That sucks because this to make this needs to end with Private Party defeating the Hardy Boys. You know, because right. this whole time Matt's been telling them they're the second best tag team of all time. Right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they could always do Gregory Holmes and Matt Hardy, but that's really just a poor man's replacement. Yeah, no. I, don't get me wrong. Love Matt Hardy and Spike Dudley. <laughs> Give him a little LSD. <laughs> uh, but enough of AEW's tag team. Yeah. <laughs> picture uh yeah the good brothers won this one i no shock to anybody here i don't think no um solid got me, match. Got me a point you did <laughs> you, you needed all you could get uh solid match but that's about all i can say is solid match there was so many bad. matches on this card with a lot of people in it right i think that was the thing it just kind of drained away I know by the time this match came on, I really wasn't caring that much. I knew the Good Brothers were going to win, and so I'm like, meh. Had this match switched places with the uh, Myers-Cardona tag match that was second, I think it would have been a much better... I think I would have been received much better. Yeah. At least by myself and the crowd. Um, But it it wasn't a bad match at all. Mm -mm. It It just didn't pop me. I guess. I I think, like I said, it would be better if there was a chance in hell that either of the other two teams were going to win. Right, right. You knew Private Party wasn't going to win and take it to AEW, and you knew the makeshift team of Saban and Storm weren't going to take it from the Good Brothers who are in a main event story. Did we ever find out whatever happened to the other guy in Motor City Machine Guns? He's out on injury. Okay. Yeah, Alex Shelley, he's out on injury. yeah, yeah. Um, but then that brought us to, uh, the main event, um, seeing the impact world championship defended by rich Swan against Tommy dreamer, the man who never gives up, but still never wins. Of course, rich Swan. Won. And I never give up on him. <laughs> uh, there were, I, I'm going to be surprised. There were at least two, maybe three times where I thought, Oh shit, dreamers actually going to win this. You know, and they did a really good job of building it up, leading up the whole pay-per-view with these little things of him talking and like. Yep, and the happy birthdays from everybody. Oh, an old guy won the Super Bowl. That bodes well for old Dreamer. Yeah, they they really did make you, they made you at least want him to win, even if you didn't think he would. Yeah. Which is hard to do against Rich Swan, who you want to win. I mean, he has his own feel-good story. I mean, these are two baby faces who have come up from the bottom. And fought to get where they're at. So, 
the thing that sucks is Tommy made it sound like this was the end of the road if he didn't get a win. Yeah, but man, Tommy's uh, like Funk. He ain't going anywhere anytime soon. Uh, I hope not. Not until he breaks his hip in seven places and can't <laughs> replace it. Uh, but honestly, this match, it's either this match or the Myers-Cardona match, to me, were the worst match of the night. Not saying they were bad, but they no, were a ton of great matches. Card. And yeah, it's like, I, I get why they did it. I think, I don't even know why they did it. <laughs> no. So I guess I don't no, know why they did it. Because Kenny Omega didn't even get involved, so our tiebreaker didn't go into effect. Yeah, it was like completely, I mean, Moose did get involved, so that pushes the Moose-Rich Swan storyline, which I honestly think is going to end with Moose um, unifying the TNA and Impact belts, which I That's, don't like. But I don't know. I guess I would rather see Omega take it off of Moose than Swan. You yeah. Know. I agree with that. <coughs> Nonetheless, um, for such a great pay-per-view, this was a shitty main, not a shitty, it was not a good, <laughs> it was a shitty main event. It was, it, it was, was not a bad Dreamer match. In the main event. You knew what you were getting. Yeah. It was not a bad match, but for a main event match, I, I would call it shitty. Yeah. Yeah. Sadly. They um, should have had it be unsanctioned. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so nonetheless, all around, I think a great, uh, a great card lived up to expectations. I think when I seen how many matches there were and how many multi-person matches, I got kind of worried it was going to be very overbooked and, and bogged down. I watched this in one sitting, which yeah. I usually don't do nowadays with pay-per-views. I usually watch them in two or three sittings. So... Um, moving on, best match of the night, pasty. I'm going to give it the uh, X Division Triple Threat Revolver match. I, I just was blown away with it. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I think I'm kind of torn between that and the uh, the, the Jordan Grace Jazz and ODB match. Um, yeah, both were really good. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'll go with the X Division. I'll give it to that. That's definitely... And, you know, I mean, even even just putting a match with uh, some of these old, I hate to say old timers, but you know what I mean? Just <laughs> and the fact that a women's match with legends, veterans, just say legends. legends. Yeah, a women's match featuring legends could even compete with a fucking X division match with this many talented people speaks highly to all the women involved. Right? I think what we need to see is an X division match with women's legends in it. Oh, I'd be down for it. <laughs> that being said, pasty as far as a hole for this pay per view, um, um, my hole. <laughs> that was last week, pasty. That was last week. Oh, it's still alive. <laughs> the hole is still alive, <laughs> still throbbing. It's like a deviated septum. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking deviated septum. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, like I said at the top of this uh, results, I, I made the mistake of watching Vengeance Day first, so that kind of took away from this a little bit. My 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 final grade for this pay per view is a pretty solid B plus. Ah, nothing wrong with that though, especially yeah. considering the main event. I think we agree was a letdown, so yeah. it better take a little bit away from the grade. I would say uh -huh. if that, if this match, if that main event wasn't the main event, um, I almost feel like I could have given this one an A plus. With the with the exact same matches, but ending it with that to me hurt it. So I I agree. 
Yeah. I mean, it's a little bit different if that was Tommy Dreamer's last match. Right, right, which we don't know. And, you know, if Undertaker taught us anything, we'll never know. Honestly, I guess he's got the easy out, though. Moose interfered, so it well, didn't really qualify as him, you know, whatever. Yeah, yeah, it was a tainted loss. Yeah. Tainted, tainted loss. Whoa. <laughs> oh, I love that we think so much alike. <laughs> don't touch me, please. I'm going to try to. Yes. Now it's time to move on to NXT TakeOver Vengeance Day. Vengeance Day. Not the name I would have chose for this pay-per-view, but it, I guess it works. It, it actually even would have just been better if they didn't put the day at the end of it. Right. Just NXT Vengeance. Like, or, or NXT... Why not? Like you mentioned, you know, they use, they've used some of the old pay-per-views in the past for NXTs. Why not call it St. Valentine's Day Massacre? I know, I mentioned last public show, shootings. And I agree. Holy shit. Woo! The dogs, the dogs are telling you why. I got apparently fucking chill out. <laughs> wow. <laughs> uh, with that being said, uh, take it, Pacey. Give me a second to calm these bitches down, okay? Yes. NXT TakeOver Vengeance Day started off with the finals of the Women's Dusty Rhodes Classic Tag Team Tournament. Seeing Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez defeat the team I picked of Ember Ember Moon and Shotzi Blackheart. Now they're going to get to challenge for the women's tag team titles. Uh, which is, I guess it's kind of cool because Dakota Kai and, uh, and, and, uh, the men's finals. This was four, uh, I, I, this was four amazing women, um, between Impact and NXT, they they could have two pay-per-views of all just women's matches, and it could be the pay-per-views of the fucking month, year, week, quarter, whatever. They're, they're awesome. This was great. Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez have had a great chemistry together. Surprisingly, they don't seem like two that, that I would picture together. And uh, I love Dakota Kai's evil streak, which I, I didn't see in her, but when she brought it out and she's kept it, it's it's been amazing. Of course, Ember Moon and uh, Shotzi Blackheart. I I love both of them greatly. I stand behind what I said last week, though. They're two amazing singles wrestlers. They don't need to be bogged down as being considered a tag team. Where I think Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez could definitely benefit by being a tag team with Dakota Kai turning back face against Raquel Gonzalez and then being the underdog in that. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot to come from this, and I'm I'm really looking forward to to the future. NXT women, NXT's women's division is 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 very solid right now. Super, super solid. And pasty, speaking of the future, we got the NXT North American Championship. Johnny Gargano defended successfully against the Time Splitter, old Marty McFly himself, Kushida. Man, if this wasn't everything you want in a match. This is everything that that Fat Mac wants in a match. I'll tell you that. This is just... 
This is if if somebody says, "Show me what you consider pro wrestling, Fat mm. Mac." I will put this match on and I'll play it twice. Show me what you consider pro wrestling, and then it's just Kushida running down the ramp and punting Gargano's arm. <laughs> Wasn't that awesome? <laughs> that was so badass. There was great, like there was great psychology and even little things like that. Like they weren't trying to make. For two guys that are that are just phenomenal wrestlers, they weren't trying to make the flashiest moves. They were making moves that made sense. They were working over the body parts. They had a target. They had a an end game in sight. And it was just beautiful. Yeah. And there was so much going on, even like as Johnny Gargano and his crew's walking out, Austin Theory gets snatched by some invisible hand in the backstage area. It was Tony Khan. <laughs> so, so now Johnny didn't have any of his team at ringside, which I was like, Oh yes. Kushida is going to take. So did I know that he had a stable. No, I don't think so. Cause I didn't either. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Cause yeah. I was sitting here like, Holy shit. Cause they have a name and everything too. I don't, I don't remember what it is. Yeah. But... I don't know. Like Johnny's brood. <laughs> yeah. They, they were talking about it. And I was like, I looked it up. I was like, Oh shit. Johnny Gann and the fam. It's him. It's um, of course, Ace Austin. Cause it was me all along. <laughs> um, it of course is, um, I just talked about his wife and now I'm Candice LeRae. <laughs> And I think one one other person. Yeah, I'm not mm-hmm. sure what her name is, but she she's she's good. She's good. She's good. She's good. good. No, I like I like what they're doing. Um, I really thought Kashida was going to take this one. This was a very solid match. Lots of chain wrestling and and just working the body parts. Yeah, lots of false false finishes, but believable false finishes. Oh yeah. Yeah, no, this is this is this is your classic Johnny Gargano match. And let's not let's not overlook Gargano's X Men fucking ring gear, which was badass. You didn't like it? I mean, I don't know. Really? I, I never really noticed that shit until somebody said something about it. Oh, really? Anytime a wrestler is doing cosplay, unless it's like very clear and blatant, I'm just like, oh, it's ring gear. It's sad, pasty. It's, I mean, it's good, but you, it's like, I don't know, because they can't be spot on with it. And so I'm never really going to be like, oh, yeah, this is such and such, you know, like, like, uh, Eddie Kingston was the fucking it. green Power Ranger. <laughs> <laughs> right? Rest, rest in peace, Misawa. <laughs> the man fucking died in the ring so that you could call him the fucking green Power Ranger. Oh, Mitsuharu is spinning in his grave, pasty. Nobody ever heard of him, Fat <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm going to hell. But I'll see Misawa there. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I'll join you there. Don't worry. <sighs> really was a fantastic fucking match, though. I don't even know what I can say to sell it other than just watch. If you're going to watch one match from Vengeance Day, watch this one. Yeah. Yeah. And there's some great matches. Uh, we even got uh, the next match was pretty damn awesome, Pacey. Oh, fuck yeah. The men's Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic Finals. Seeing the team of MSK, which we still don't know what it means. 
Nope. Nash Carter and Wesley defeating the grizzled young veterans, James Drake and Zach Gibson, who I didn't even remember made it to the finals in last year's Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic. <laughs> I really didn't pay attention to last year's. Sadly. No. Well, it's because MSK wasn't in it. That's true. <laughs> It's, yeah, it's so crazy to me that they just showed up in NXT and got put into the tournament and won the tournament. Won yeah. Kind of surprising. I mean, we both picked them to win because yeah. how could you not? But yeah, they they really um they really jumped up. WWE or at least Triple H seems to have a lot of faith in in these two. Rightfully so. <laughs> Definitely. These guys they the way they move in the ring is like I've never seen wrestlers do some of the shit they do. They're uh, they're reminiscent of the young bucks and the Motor City Machine Guns in a in a way that seventy five percent of everything they do leads into their partner doing something else and yeah. fluidly. Yeah, and they defy gravity like quite literally and in many occasions. Yeah. I mean, this, it was definitely a huge blow to impact when the rascals left, you know, and of course they got Trey Miguel, who may be the best of the three. So maybe the best of the solo stayed and the, uh-huh. the team went, which is, which is fine. Um, we're, I mean, I guess we're going to see what happens with them between now that one. MSK is in a whole new gear since they came to NXT though. Like, I, I don't think I've ever seen them be this impressive. I think they're, they're trying to prove themselves for sure. It just sucks and, that they and, didn't. Well, and Trey Miguel, I think, has stepped it up since coming back as a singles also. Right. All three of them, I think, are trying to prove that they're better the way they are now than they were together. I'm just mad they didn't go to AEW, man. AEW just signed two great tag teams in um, the teams that I can't remember. The guys from Minnesota and then the rapping guys. <laughs> Top flight. Yeah. And um and the not the revolution, the no, uh the, it starts with a P, doesn't it? I don't remember. Is it the, the P? The P. It's the P. It's the P. The P. They're called the P Masters. That's why they rap. We like them. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, I feel like no. If MSK or, or Rascals or whatever you want to call them would have went to AEW, I feel like that those three tag teams would usher in like the 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 new standard for tag team wrestling. Oh, for sure. But hey, it could just mean that the door is going to open. I don't know. I don't know. Oh. I don't know. I I want to say it's not going to happen, but I at the same point. I'm like it could. <laughs> Speaking of the P, pasty the acclaimed. There you go. Yeah, the P. Yeah, the claim. The P. The P Masters. <laughs> Gotta start calling them that. Uh, great match here. Definitely showed what both teams can do. Grizzled Young Vetch are, are an amazing tag team. I yes, just, they are. They need to either cross the pond and stay over here, or I'm just not going to see them that much because just with all the wrestling that there is, I don't have time for NXT UK as great as it is. And it's great. Yeah. Yeah, no, even with Walter, I, I, no, I, I'll, I'll see him when he comes over. <laughs> it's sad, but that's the way it is right now. There's just too much wrestling, and you got to mm-hmm. pick and choose. Uh, picking and choosing our way to a three-way NXT Women's Championship. Pasty and I both got this one wrong because Io Shirai kept the championship belt against Mercedes Martinez and 
Tony Storm. Of course, I thought Mercedes would take it. Pacey thought Tony's time had come. We were both wrong. Yes, yes, we were. Um, Very good match, though. Maybe my least favorite match, but I almost think that's because it had the least time by a decent amount, by five minutes. So maybe that's why it was. I'm not sure because I love all three of these women and they're all three great. So um, I don't know what else to say. I think it probably would have got a higher grade if somebody else would have won. EO's had the title for a long time and it's kind of, she's great. Don't get me wrong, but it's time for somebody else to get it. I get, I'm, I'm sure everybody's terrified that if she loses it, she's going to get called up. Well, oh, yeah. look, Oscar, you have a new tag team partner. I know, right? <laughs> Kabuki Warriors, 3,000, 3K. <laughs> uh, They're going to come out with fucking Rocky Romero. No, I, I'm assuming EO's going to lose it to Taya, though. I... It, it, I don't know. I don't know when Taya's making. And at the same point, I wouldn't want that because I Taya's a Charlotte Flair. I hate to say it because she's probably way better than Charlotte, but in WWE, she's just another Charlotte. It's her, Lacey Evans, and Charlotte Flair. They're the three Charlotte or the fl- three Flair Charlotte sisters. Uh, expand on that. Uh, they're just, uh, Vince looks, is going to look at them all the same way. You know, Vince does that. Everybody he signs, he categorizes in these groups. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, like, Charlotte is, I don't know, just, they're, they're the, the blonde bombshells. The, the blonde fitness model, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but poor Taya, she has the uh, disadvantage in WWE of being a full-figured woman. Yes, which is, uh, which I think, I, I honestly think will hurt her. And I don't mean this in a negative way because I think she's gorgeous and I think she's an amazing fucking athlete. So that has nothing to do with me, but 100% to do with uh, uh, Vince McMahon. I think that he will look at her and think that she's, I'm going to say the word and I hate to say the word because it's one of the worst words out there, but I think he's going to say she's fat. Yeah. Did I just say fat's one of the worst words out there and that's my first name? That <laughs> is your first name. <laughs> For women, it's one of the worst words out there. I love a voluptuous woman. Yes. I love a fat guy. That's why I love you, Pasty. Mm, I love you too. But um, that 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 bothers me more, that worries me more than anything I should say is Taya's mm. figure, which, isn't it so fucked up that we still live in a world where that's even something I have to be concerned about? Like, and, and the the truth is, it goes with men and women. When Keith Lee got brought up, Vince McMahon threw a fucking shirt on him. Yeah. And have that bulbous belly sticking out. <laughs> and that goes as far back to the 80s when, uh, or no, I should say early 90s, when Dusty Rhodes came in, one of the best pro wrestlers of all time. He always just wore his little fucking panties. Vince threw him in a fucking onesie with polka dots. <laughs> like... It's not even just a woman thing, although I think we can all agree he, he leans more towards, I think a fit woman, Vince will still see as fat, because Ty Valkyrie is a fit woman. Yeah. Not a fat woman. She's no. a fit woman. Right. Ty, Ty Valkyrie and Nia Jax, there's a there's fairly large difference. Right. And um, I don't know. I don't know. Well, I also wouldn't want to see Taya come in and win the NXT championship right away, being as there's such great women on NXT. 
Right. Yeah. I'd love to see her and Candice LeRae in a feud and, you know, you could bring in the men, which I, I hate to do because they shouldn't just be wives, but you could. You could bring in Morrison and Gargano and, oh, my God, you could have amazing fucking matches with all four of them. You could, of course, WWE okay. would let Gargano or would let Morrison do anything. Yeah, you can't. You obviously can't have intergender matches. We know that. But Gargano and Morrison and Valkyrie and Candice LeRae, and, of course, they can do the... Uh, the kind of tag matches they have where if a woman tags and the other woman is automatically brought in or whatever. But I think we could have some uh, good storyline there and some uh, great matches. No, I'm just disappointed because I was so excited for Morrison to get signed to WWE and have these amazing matches that we could have had all these years. Nope. And the best thing he's done is make a music video with The Miz called Hey, 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 Ho, Ho. Yeah. It's uh, they're good. They're good as a comedy duo. I won't take that away from them. Oh, they're awesome. But Morrison has so much more to offer. And and the truth is, and, and, and let's just be frank again. If if we're going by business sense, the truth is Morrison's probably more valuable money wise doing that kind of stuff than putting on amazing matches. Mm. Um, at least for the WWE, you know, he wouldn't be more valuable money wise for impact or for MLW, but for WWE, he is. And I'm sure they're looking at it as they're, they're protecting their investment. You know, if you're not yeah. having these five-star matches, you won't be out on injury. Yeah. I mean, they, they obviously WWE, as much as people hate to hear it is WWE is different than pro wrestling. It is. It, it's related to pro wrestling, but it's different than pro wrestling. It's wrestling different than what, at least what we're used to. They're, they're an entertainment company. And for a while there, that was a joke, even to me. But at this point, I would agree. They're an entertainment company that features wrestling. They are not a wrestling company. And, um, fuck. They do a good job of that because they're making more money than... <laughs> Disney probably is the only other thing making more money than them at this point. <laughs> you know, it's it's insane. Oh, what do we what got next? We're on to the main event, Fat Mac. The NXT Championship. Seeing Finn Balor put his gold on the line against Pete Dunne. And what was kind of almost just a repeat of Johnny Gargano versus Kushida at a slightly slower pace. Yeah. Um... I didn't like having both of these matches on the same card. This was... Uh, it wasn't a bad match. It wasn't a bad match, but I would say for Finn Balor and Pete Dunne, it was a bad match. And and, 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 and is, is Pete Dunne jaundice? <laughs> Do you notice the color of his... He looks like he's from The Simpsons. He's very Simpson-esque, yes. And like, I'm like, is that like um, a really bad fake tan? Are you, did your mom drink while she was pregnant <laughs> with you? I'm trying to figure this out. Cause like the skinnier he gets, the more disgusting he looks. Uh, maybe that's part of his character too. I don't I know. I liked him better but... when he was fat and pock faced. Like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He reminded me of a, uh, a British Edward James almost. <laughs> And, like, it's weird because, like, when you see him at different angles, especially in his legs, like, sometimes it looks like normal skin, and the other time it's, like, golden bronze. I'm like, what the hell is going on? 
Yeah. That's, um, that's my takeaway from this match. <laughs> <laughs> this match to me was a good match, but it was very disappointing for three reasons. It being a Finn Balor, Pete Dunn match should have been way better. It being an NXT championship match should have been way better. It being the main event of an NXT takeover should have been way better. Yeah, Balor this, didn't even break his jaw. Boo. Yeah. This should have been, and I know it, it, they they really should end with the NXT championship match, but if I'm just looking at match work rate, I would have switched this one and the NXT North American Championship. I would have had Gargano Kushida go on last and had this one second of the card. Uh, actually, that's the exact complaint I had about Impact is the second in the main event should have been switched. Yeah. I, I don't know what the deal was this weekend, but somebody wasn't laying the card out correctly because a uh, bad match, no, but disappointing, I think, is, is the word. It, it, it disappointed on so many levels. Yeah. I just think if, 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 if Gargano Kushida would have been on a different night, this match right. would have shined a lot more. Probably, probably. Although I, I still think that these two just didn't, they didn't pull out their best. I, I really like, don't think they pulled out their best. I liked Balor, like, at when he won the match, like, selling the fact that he couldn't even hold his championship anymore because Pete Dunne has worked his fingers over so hard. Oh, that, that was, was really cool. Yeah, and the selling of the fingers, I, I really like. You don't get that yeah. enough. No, not enough at all. And because it's it's a legit, especially in in quote unquote shoot wrestling, that's a legit problem. If your fingers ain't working, you're having a hard time doing anything. Um, yeah, I just um, Balor ripping out Pete Dunn's mouthpiece too to hit him with the fucking whatever. Yeah, that was. I agree that was that was a good visual, but then I sit there and think like everybody else who takes it doesn't have a mouthpiece anyways. So right. it's like I mean I get it; it's a good visual. But it's Valerie, you know, panicking like, well, what? Why can't I beat him? What's wrong? What's yeah. different than him than anybody else? That's the mouthpiece. It's got to be. Let's try this. Oh, of course, of <laughs> course. Uh, no, I, I I agree. Um, and I also think maybe, and this isn't just because I picked Pete Dunn to win, maybe it would have felt better if there was a changing of the guard and, and Balor did lose to Pete Dunn and he, he uptook the mantle. I don't know. Maybe I would have been more disappointed that he lost it in the lackluster match. I don't I know. I think Pete Dunn might be a boring champion. You, you know what? He might be. He, he's great in, in the ring, but he's not great anywhere else. Yeah. So I, I agree. He may be a boring champion. That and I wouldn't want to every NXT takeover have to watch the whole finger game. Like, it's cool every now and then. <laughs> yeah. I, made especially more cool by Finn Balor's selling of it. That was... Finn Balor definitely stole the show with his selling. Yeah. Finn Balor is good at everything he fucking does. He's a I fucking mean, class act, man. You you definitely see Prince Devitt in so many of these matches, and I'd almost say that Finn Balor is a more mature Prince Devitt, especially, well, coming back to NXT. I, I feel like there's Prince Devitt, but has learned more. Mm -hmm. I almost like this. He might Finn even Balor be King Devitt Prince now. Ooh. <laughs> Could no, be, I, uh, Devitt? God, I just, 
Then my favorite thing in the world happened. Yeah. Go ahead, pasty. Because I'm not going to fucking talk about it. Fucking. How did how did they get out to the ring? I don't know. Because. They started the, beating the shit the out thing, of Finn Balor. Well, yeah, but you see what happened for me. <laughs> Was Balor trying to separate from the world and you? This is what happens. You have to listen to my story here. (laughs) Balor, right? He's he's trying to hold his championship, walking backwards up the ramp. The NXT sign comes on the screen, and then all of a sudden, a window pops up on my screen saying, "You've been logged out of the WWE network." Oh snap! Yeah, so I didn't even see it. I had to hear about it after. So what happened? Okay, so so I will then. So then I will speak on it. So what happened was, the undisputed era comes down to the ring. They hold up, you know, after after a few leery looks, they hold up Finn Balor's hand, and Kyle O'Reilly says, "Hey, join us! Join us! You can be one of us. We would love to have you in our group." Um, theoretically, I'm guessing just because he's the champion and they want the championship in their group, you know, whatever. Plus, his work rate is amazing. So, anyways, he's sitting there. Ripping off AEW. Yeah, of course. (laughs) (laughs) I love that, too. I always Um, knew Undisputed Era was just the Dark Order. um, So, so then it almost looks like Finn Balor is actually going to accept, which I didn't want to happen. But before we find out. They might be able to massage his fingers, though. Before we find out for sure what's going to happen. Kyle O'Reilly, or uh, 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 Adam, Adam Cole, Cole baby. baby, super kicks Finn Balor and knocks him out. And uh, immediately Kyle O'Reilly's like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, we're trying to bring him in. And Kyle O'Reilly's like, we don't need him. We don't need him. And Kyle O'Reilly's like, hey, man, I like him. He's my buddy, pal. He's my pal, guy. I like how Kyle O'Reilly's schizophrenic now and plays yes. all sides. Oh, he does it. <laughs> And uh, <laughs> is he the only member of the Undisputed Era? Is that- <laughs> and uh, Adam Cole then um, super kicks Kyle O'Reilly, and Kyle O'Reilly's out for the count. And, and Roddy's all confused. And yeah, yeah, both Roddy and Fish um, isn't there, is he? I thought Fish is still out. Uh, no, you're right. Fish wasn't there. It was just the three of them standing there. And Roddy's looking confused. Fish isn't there. So I, I'm almost thinking it might end up being a Red Dragon versus Roddy and Cole thing. I don't know. You missed the part where Adam Cole kicks the shit out of Kyle O'Reilly to the point where they had him stretchered out and people shoot thought he was having seizures because he's <laughs> diabetic. I guess I don't remember that part. I must have shut it off before then because I had seen it. Yeah, enough. that was all the all the news this week because everybody oh, was sure like, it wasn't oh. after the, the pay-per-view? It might have been after, yeah. Because I, I, I didn't see it, so I either shut it off before that happened or that happened afterwards. <laughs> you were crying I too remember. hard, right? I was fuck. I couldn't see through my tear-stained <laughs> eyes. It was all like waterfalls. DLC <laughs> was running through my head. You Not know, as much as it sucks that they're splitting up, at least everybody's at the point they need to be to go their own ways. Like strong, never really needed undisputed era. Cole proved everything he needed to prove in a faction. Kyle O'Reilly actually managed to get over and Bobby fish can probably go for retirement. (laughs) (laughs) 
Sadly, I love Bobby Fish too. I do. I do. Um, yeah, I, I mean, we all knew it was going to happen sooner or later. It actually happened later than I think almost anybody expected. And I think it did kind of come out of nowhere. I Again, I haven't That's been following it. That's the thing you got to do, though, because every pay-per-view, they're going to be like, oh, Undisputed Era is going to split up. It's just like the Becky Lynch. Uh, uh, b- 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 Sasha. Sa- no. Yeah, yeah. Or not Becky Lynch. Bailey, sorry. Bailey Sasha. Bates. Yeah, Bailey Sasha. Yeah. Like the, every time they see the internet predicting it's going to happen, they're just going to hold it off that much longer. Right. And that's the smart thing to do. It's WWE hasn't been doing this for very long because, you know, before it was always just like a uh, quick story payoff, quick story payoff, quick story payoff. But they finally got smart to it and they're like, well, we just got to over exceed their expectations. So they think it's just not going to happen anymore. Right. And it works. And fucking Undisputed Era is dead. Fat Mac. Ha <laughs> ha. Casket dance. Uh, we don't know that they're dead, but we know that they're at least, uh, we know they're telling a story. We didn't see anything definitive, and I don't know what happened at NXT this week. Do you? Uh, no, I didn't watch. Maybe maybe it was on NXT this week that, that Cole beat the shit out of uh, O'Reilly. Maybe that's what that was. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I see it right here. Uh, mm-hmm. After the NXT show went off the air, Adam Cole attacked Kyle O'Reilly. O'Reilly. Oh, no, it was Adam Cole that beat the shit out of O'Reilly, and people thought O'Reilly was legitimate. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's, that's what I said, yeah. Oh, you said O'Reilly uh, beat the shit out no. of Cole. No, yeah, and he was, like, spasming on the ground, but that's just the way he sells shit, okay. you know. He's great at that. Okay, oh. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that's good, because Cole should be the one doing that. And I think that that makes him an even better wrestler, too, because you want everybody to think it's real. And you so, want to sell. I mean, yeah. selling is selling is what makes the game, man. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah, I, I never I never imagined I'd be such a big fan of Kyle O'Reilly. He, he definitely built himself up um, in the best possible way, from, from Future Shock, where I thought he was holding Adam Cole back, to Undisputed Era, where I thought, you know, he was just a secondary character, to now he's, uh, I'd put him in a main event against uh, Adam Cole. Not not on equal terms. Cole's still way better. <laughs> but he, but he's, uh, he's up there. It's, uh, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to whatever comes out of any of this. This is going to be These fun, matches fun are ride. just going to be fucking phenomenal. Also, Kyle O'Reilly and Finn Balor tag team title run would be awesome. Yeah, that would be fun. It'd be something for both of them. I think I'd rather see him do single stuff, but at the same point, that would be something I would do. It's just a shame the Dusty Classic didn't start like after this. You know? <laughs> <laughs> right. Where you could just throw two people together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, with right. that being said, Pasty, let's move into the best match of the night. Um, well, I guess we should say um, this ended with Pasty scoring two points, Fat Max scoring four points. Yes. Both pay-per-views, I was one away from a clean sweep. Damn it. Damn it. Uh, best match of the night, Fat Mac. I'm picking uh, North American Championship match, Gargano Kushida. Um, you know what? Just to be different, I'm going to go with the men's classic finals. Ah, you can't go wrong with that. Just to be different, I'm going to go with Finn Balor, Pete Dunn. Despite everything we just said. 
What are you going with? <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm not- <laughs> All right, I'm best. going with the women's championship triple threat. <laughs> Fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> and because I watched this pay-per-view first, my final grade comes in at an astounding A minus. A minus, and I'm going with a, uh, a B plus, which I think it That's earned. Great. Which I means think- Impact and NXT tied this weekend. Yes. Uh, both great shows. Yes. Honestly. And although, although I think we can both say TakeOver was probably the better package. So maybe we got to bump the final, our, our combined final grade for Impact down half a step just because. Or do you think they are exactly the same? I, you know what? I think they both had disappointing main events. Oh my I, I, God! The door is opening. They're they're booking these shows together, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I still stick with. I would have switched the second and main event with both of them. I think they're pretty daygum even. Look, I, I have so hard time. weird how similar these shows are. They were very similar, and and one had nine, and one had five. Um, so it's it's impressive one way or the other, but yeah, I I think they're both. I enjoyed them equally. I watched them on the same day, and I watched them both full through. Um, I, I enjoyed them both equally. I I got nothing. Well, let's give Impact a win then, and just have them both be the same grade. Fair they're enough. Just the same grade. Fair enough. We're not giving Impact a win. They're just the same grade. All right, now we're running a little bit long, so we got about a half hour to slam through the rest of this shit. So let's snap on into. This week's Savage Sentinel. Pacey Teddy Hart again is currently being held in Tarrant County Correction Center in Fort Worth, Texas on various charges. Must be cold in that cell. The problematic Hart was originally arrested and charged for injuring a disabled person, evading arrest, and being in possession of a controlled substance. This was way back in 2016. His records show he was also arrested on these same charges back in October and now again on February 10th of this year. That's right, guys. It's your heart quarterly report. (laughs) I know, right? (laughs) Basically, this means that he has been arrested for violating terms of his release on all of these charges. So he isn't doing the same thing over and over again. He's just violating his release. Teddy Hart has had many legal challenges over the years. He was arrested and charged with DUI, evading arrest, and auto theft in 2017. He was also arrested on sexual assault charges in 2014. Of course, both those charges were dropped in 2016. Then he was arrested for possession and intent to sell or distribute a Schedule Three substance around the same time last year in Virginia. A few weeks later, he was arrested again for violating his house arrest. Then a few weeks after that, he was arrested for the third time in under a month for strangulation resulting in wounding bodily harm stemming from a domestic abuse incident. Jesus Christ, somebody has been hanging out with Del Rio too much. Yeah, basically, he's just a, a solid a solid guy. I mean, I'd, I'd call him husband material. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Time's man of the year. <laughs> Exactly. Front page, Bay Bay. According to his appearance on Wrestling Inc. Daily, Blue Demon Jr. had some issues with Disney security while filming his new show, Ultraviolet and Blue Demon. First, they needed 
thing they needed to understand, which is difficult to explain, is that I don't take the mask off. It's actually super glued on my face with Gorilla (laughs) Gorilla Glue. glue. (laughs) I got a lawsuit going. It's a very unique thing about Lucha Libre. I am the persona, and no one knows the face. Even people that shoot the pilot, the executives at Disney, and the legal team that did the contracts, they don't know my face. Even to get to the, into the meetings at Disney, they don't get to see the face. There was a problem with security and how to get me in. That's the first thing they needed to learn. Blue Demon is a living character, which is very unique. And it's part of what draws us into doing these projects. So no face. I live life as Blue Demon. And that's it. It's not like Batman has Bruce Wayne and Bruce Wayne has Batman. No. Blue Demon is Blue Demon all the time. So no face. So that was the first thing that we had to make them understand and pitch to them. And now how we could do this show and continue this uh, and continue this because obviously it's not the case with the girl on the show. He went on to know how important Blue Demon is and he is as well known as Jesus Christ in Mexico. Oh, you know how many Blue Demon air fresheners I see in lowriders? It's amazing. You know, Jesus also said, you can never see my face. It is true. That's why people think he's white. Just look at the Shroud of Tehran. That was his mask. <laughs> uh, but good good for Blue Demon, and it's it's good for people to realize that this is a real thing. I remember back in the day, I believe it was Mil Mortes. No, not Mil Mortes. Ah, I think it was Mil Mortis. Anyways, it, it was Mil Mascaras. Uh, uh, oh, thank you, Mil Mascaras. Thank you. It was. Remember when I did that whole article wrong? <laughs> it was Mil Mascaras. <laughs> thank you, though. I appreciate it. Mil Mortis is the guy who's currently in MLW reviving uh, Lucha <laughs> Underground or Azteca Underground. I, I uh, Mil Mascaras uh, was invited to the White House, and they. Uh, he, oh, he almost got turned away because he would not take his mask off and the Secret Service would not let him through. And I believe it was... Was it Reagan? I know Reagan's very That's racist. That's so fucked up it's because weird. all the white people who went into the, the Capitol lately wouldn't put masks on. I know, right? <laughs> um. Anyways... Um, they finally let him in, but he, he, he was willing to walk away from a meeting with the president because they wanted him to take his mask off. And it's like, no, that's sacred. But you cannot do it. So we go from arrests and uh, security asking for masks off. Boy, we got one more legal I can just imagine Blue about. Demon putting the executives at Disney in like a figure four. I'm not going to take my mask off. It's not happening. <laughs> or Mickey Mouse. Tell me I can keep the mask. You can keep the mask on. Oh, just let me out. Oh, get goofy out of the gory special. Oh, well, pasty many former WWE wrestlers who have claimed in lawsuits that WWE failed to protect them from repeated head injuries are taking their case to the United States Supreme Court. Yes, the Minnesota Star Tribune reports that the lawyer for the wrestlers 
who by himself could be a wrestler by his name, Constantine Kairos. God, I hope his middle name's not Keith. I know, right? Because both Constantine and Kairos are spelled with K's, folks. But Constantine Kairos filed a request late Wednesday of this week asking the Supreme Court to hear appeals of lower court rulings that dismissed the lawsuits. There are the lower courts. These are the lower courts, excuse me, that said many of the claims were frivolous or filled, filed after the statute of limitation had expired. The plaintiffs include several WWE legends, including the late Road Warrior Animal, Paul Orndorff, the late Jimmy Snuka, the late King Kong Bundy, the late Mr. Fuji, the late Kamala, Chavo Guerrero Jr., Ahmed Johnson, both twins, Dave and Earl Hebner, Sabu, Barry Darsaw, Shane Douglas, Marty Jannetty, and Heidenreich, who remember is most well known for raping Michael Cole. <laughs> and that's how Adam up. Cole was born. <laughs> <laughs> the lawsuit claims WWE is directly responsible for wrestlers' injuries because unlike football and hockey, where players have suffered similar injuries, WWE matches involved scripted and choreographed moves by the WWE. Now, to put this in perspective, the National Hockey League and the National Football League were also sued by former players who suffered concussions and similar head injuries. The NHL settled for $18.9 million, while the NFL settled for $1 billion. Should be noted, WWE Chairman and CEO Vince McMahon is listed as a defendant in this suit. Fun times. You know, they've been working on this. God, I think we reported on this almost on one of our first episodes, and uh, it's still going on. This this suit has not ended. I don't think they will ever win. I think it's hard to, uh, even though we know that we know more now than we did then, it's hard to convince somebody you didn't know letting another person smack you in the head with a chair was bad. <laughs> Like, it's hard to say, well, you know, I told him that he could run my head into the concrete wall, but WWE said I'd be fine. I don't know, man. <laughs> I think part of you probably knew. Right, yeah. No, I not, just... Not to say it's okay, just... I almost assume, especially for how long and drawn out this has been that WWE is doing it because it keeps their name in people's ears and its publicity. It's the same thing with the, the lawsuit against Subway for the fake fish tuna. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. Uh, uh, there's a there's a food theory out uh, on YouTube's. I love food theory. Yes. And, and it talks about how, how these companies like McDonald's and, 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 and Subway, actually Subway, the same time multiple years ago had the lawsuit over um, fucking bread being too sugary to be called bread right. or the chicken not being real. And like, it seems like it's just like a, a sound investment to keep the shit going because they it's free advertisement. Yeah. And in the wake of this shit, all this news coming out, they said it was a hundred percent tuna and they're selling them for half off now. So it's like, right. I don't know, just draws up business. And and it kind of would make sense if WWE was doing the same thing because it's like, oh, it's badass. Yeah. People are getting and concussions and shit. 
And when people are asking why folks like Demolition still aren't in uh, the WWE Hall of Fame or Sabu or Shane Douglas, um, because they have open lawsuits against the company. And people, you hear so many, I've seen it on so many message boards. Well, that shouldn't matter. What the fuck? Why would you celebrate and give an open mic to somebody who is currently suing you? Yeah. That you wouldn't, you wouldn't do it. Like you as a person wouldn't do it. So get the fuck out of here. That WWE should. Yeah. No, they shouldn't. It also doesn't help that a lawsuit that Marty Jannetty is on the case. Well, Marty Jannetty, he's had a rough time, basically. Not only did he almost have sex with his daughter, but he also killed a man a while back. And, um, you know, all, all this stuff. Got an offer going. to do porn. Well, yeah, you know, he's supposed to be doing porn here lately. And, uh, I mean, it's he's had a rough time. Poor Marty Jannetty. Who, uh, by Wasn't the way, Marty Jannetty oh, the boy of the train tracks? Drugs story too. Yeah, yeah, that's it. (laughs) That was exactly him. Folks, if you want to know more about Marty Jannetty and what we think of him, you should go check out our Beefy Awards at the beginning of this season um, because Marty Jannetty gets gets a special award. It's episode zero of this season. Episode just, just zero for the record. this season. It's, uh, it's not only a Beefy's Award special, but we also go in-depth into Brody Lee. Go ahead and check it out. Um, go look in our in our past episodes. There's so much. We talk about a lot of current stuff, but there's so much that you could look into the past, and especially that's a great episode because it's all about us speaking of the past. Go ahead and check it out. I dare you. Yes, I double-dog dare you. Oh, well, that came and went. So now let's snap it to the comings and goings. I know you're excited for this one, Fat Mac. Finjuice made their impact debut against Reno Scum this week. After the victory by the New Japan Stars, the Good Brothers came out to celebrate the bond of being former New Japan talent. Carl Anderson and Luke Gallows weren't jealous of the new boys coming into their territory. They had a little fun ragging on the young boy's status of Finn Juice back when they were in Japan. Robinson alerted the Good Brothers that the times have changed. They aren't young boys anymore. Finley then mocked Anderson about passing out from too much booze and being covered in his own urine. That's going to be a fun, fun rivalry. Yeah, you know, I'm not the biggest Finjuice fan, although uh, David Finley is a, is a really good wrestler. I'm, Juice Robinson is still just, to me, a mid-card guy. But he works in the tag team, and they do uh, do well in tag teams. So, And this, again, just opens more doors. This is New Japan coming into Impact. And as we uh, mentioned earlier, there may be some GHC coming in, not GHB. Damn it. Different stuff. Really, really exciting time for pro wrestling fans. Right, Pasty? Yes. And uh, more people coming in. We got Millie McKenzie, who has been signed to work NXT UK. This according to Alex McCarthy of Talk Sport. This will be McKenzie's return to the brand as she made her NXT UK debut at the July 29th, 2018 TV tapings, losing to Killer Kelly in a dark match. She then lost to Ginny on the November 14th, 2018 NXT UK episode in a match for the NXT UK Women's Title Tournament. 
Her last NXT UK match came on the November 28th, 2018 NXT UK show where she and Zaya Brookside defeated Killer Kelly and Charlie Morgan. WWE officials reportedly have high hopes for McKenzie, and it was noted that she is set to be featured at the top of the NXT UK women's division along with Japanese wrestling icon Mako Satamora. Mackenzie and Setamora know each other a lot from the Indies, where Mackenzie also had an alliance with current NXT superstar Pete Dunne that was very popular with the fans. And folks, please take a second to admire the fact that I just told the news story that had the most times that we said <laughs> NXT UK in it ever. This, this, this. It really God. shows you the problem of calling it that, doesn't it? Uh, it really does. <laughs> it is not. It is not flow off the tongue no. at all. I really have to work at talking about it. Nookstuk. That's what you got to call it with the German voice. Nookstuk. Nookstuk. We got a nookstuk. But anyways, we're good. We're, we're glad to see Millie McKenzie there. She could do great things. Um, a feud with her and Satamora would be great, and to maybe see her do something with Pete Dunne course is always open in the future yes indeed and of course i can't keep my mouth shut so we spoiled this news story already but taya valkyrie is now signed with wwe and we'll start with the nxt brand according to pwinsider.com's mike johnson valkyrie has long been one of the biggest stars in the impact wrestling knockouts division she held the Knockouts Championship for 377 days, the longest single reign in the promotion's history. Given how much she's proved her profile with AAA, Lucha Underground, and Impact Wrestling, Valkyrie shouldn't have to wait long before she regularly features on NXT. The 37-year-old is also married to John Morrison, opening the door for plenty of possibilities, including a slot on the Housewives of WWE. If she were to move to Raw or SmackDown. Yeah, I mean, it's good for her financially. Also, she probably gets to be on the road with her husband, you would hope. Um, well, I guess they're not on the road right now, so right. it doesn't matter. So they get to, so she gets to be with her husband right now. So that's cool. Um, good for her, but I think we said everything earlier, Pasty, about how we feel about this, right? Yeah, definitely. And um, something Can't say else enough that, about this one, though. Yeah, something else is bittersweet, and that's that one of the hottest free agents in pro wrestling also arrived in NXT, and he says he's here to change the game. And that's L.A. Knight. And if you don't know who L.A. Knight is, that's the former Eli Drake. At least they crashed- have the same amount of symbols. Uh, syllable. L A. Oh, he should do that. I hope he does that. I'm he crashed NXT Takeover Vengeance Day pre-show, stunning the panel and the NXT universe. Of course, Knight met with NXT General Manager William Regal earlier in that day to sign his NXT contract and make things official. The brash and self-assured Knight declared that he had his eyes on only championship gold. I love that he, like, announced that he was part of NXT on the pre-show by just interrupting a normal segment. Isn't that? that's, that's That made it feel so much bigger, you know? Yeah, that's that's very Eli Drake. That's very, uh, that's him invading. It's so good. And I really, I love Eli Drake. He's been wrestling for quite a while. And I'm hoping he doesn't sit on an XT for too long. I'm hoping Vince sees the value in him because he is fucking main event Raw or SmackDown material. Right. 
Hey, Pacey. Yes. Give me a moment to use the restroom super quick, and I'll be right back. All right. Well, while you're doing that, I'll snap into the broken bones of this week's injury report. MVP suffered a leg injury on Raw. MVP teamed with his Hurt Business stablemates Cedric Alexander and Shelton Benjamin in a losing effort against Matt Riddle and the Lucha House Party. Can't believe they're still around. So weird. MVP then appeared on Raw Talk in crutches. According to a report from Wrestling Observer Radio, MVP needed help getting to the back after the match, and that MVP had traveled to the American Sports Medicine Institute in Birmingham, Alabama, for further evaluation. Let's hope. I hope this is just a shoot for something. It would make sense, but uh, otherwise hope for a speedy recovery. This man just came back to wrestling after a grand hiatus. Uh, It's been awesome having MVP back in WWE. He's done a lot for the Hurt Business and put people, the people in that stable, where they should have been since they came back to the company. Uh, So best wishes to MVP. He is, of course, the most valuable player on the roster. Yes. Montavious Von Porter. <laughs> Still love that. That was great. I love that you remember that. <laughs> um, more uh, sad news. Heath, formerly Slater, will undergo hernia surgery in a few weeks. He's been out of action for the past several months without much of a word. We last saw him in action at Bound for Glory when he competed in the Call Your Own Shot Battle Royal. It seems he's been visiting several doctors in hopes of getting a proper diagnosis and game plan for his recovery. He's revealed that he's got a sports hernia on the left side of his pubic bone. Nice. Uh, man's got some <laughs> rough bedroom acumen, I tell you what. I got kids. <laughs> we know, Heath, we know. We know. Uh, he also has another hernia on his right side. Uh, his abductor muscle is ripped off the bone. Oh, my God. So he can't abduct people because his abductor <laughs> muscle is gone. Abductor mu- I've never heard of an abductor muscle. I know I don't have many muscles. I've never heard of an abductor muscle. Anyways, that's ripped off, ripped off the bone, and he's got a rip in his abdomen wall on both sides. This motherfucker got is in a dead? car accident, I think. It's like, holy shit. How has he been waiting months to find a doctor to do this? Just go into the fucking ER, Heath. WWE never paid him. They never paid him. <laughs> Heath apparently has finally found a surgeon that will attempt to fix all of his shit. The procedures are scheduled for March 1st through December 27th. (laughs) What the fuck did he do to hurt himself so much? (laughs) That's fucking rough. Like, that's that's a whole injury report on its own. Like, multiple people. (laughs) Holy shit! How does he? How does he wake up is in the that, morning? Is that from drinking on Talking Shop Mania? <laughs> <laughs> That's fucking rough. Ripped abdomens, what muscles What happens when you off, get wasted with the good God damn! 
We wish the best for fucking Heath, and we hope that he never returns to pro wrestling in an active role. Take a managerial. It was a good thing that we never used the men. <laughs> Damn, rough shit. They're just preserving your career, but <laughs> you didn't even take a Matt Hardy bump, right? <laughs> scary, scary, scary. <laughs> Don't forget, uh, though, pro wrestling's fake. Yeah, so fake. Fucking Mexican fake. wrestling legend Conan has been hospitalized and is under mes- medical care due to a kidney issue and complications stemming from COVID-19. Conan, age 57, has battled problems with his kidney before. He underwent a kidney transplant in 2007. There were complications following the surgery, but he eventually recovered. He's spoken publicly about his history of abusing painkillers and anti-inflammatory drugs, ruining his kidney. Conan has posted he recognizes that his life was in danger, but he hopes to be discharged soon. He better be. I don't don't think we're ready to lose Conan yet. No, he's such a brilliant wrestling mind. And to be honest, the last time we seen him live, he didn't look good, but he didn't look awful. Yeah. Um. But God, he's he's such a great wrestling mind. He he, he can't be lost yet, for sure. I, we're gonna miss him. Hope the best. Hope his kidneys and his COVID, you know, goes well. I don't. Know. It could be worse. He could be Heath Slater. <laughs> got a rick elvis and brain split in three parts got a tumor on my pinky toe my eyeballs way. hanging out my head <laughs> teeth my are colon, falling out colon won't talk to my damn lungs i don't know what that's about all my hair went ingrown <laughs> <laughs> okay pasty we uh <laughs> You got 10 minutes to knock this out, and boy, we'll probably knock this out in less than 10 minutes. Fuck, just get it over with. That's, what, that's what the theme of this pay-per-view is. Just get it over with. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if anybody's even going to watch this. I don't know if you and I are going to I'm really, it. I'm going to watch it. I'm going to watch it because the last few times we were like, this is going to be shitty. It was actually pretty good. So yeah. hopefully, I just think it's it's not it's not good. Okay, well, you just let me know if it's good, and I'll see what happens. Okay. I, I know my son is planning on watching it with his mother, so I don't actually have to watch it. <clears throat> Other than for you, folks, at Beef Six Podcast. <laughs> Fucking ruined my life. All right, we got Elimination Chamber Prediction, SmackDown Women's Championship, Sasha Banks versus Carmella. I really badly want to pick Carmella. I think she's getting there. But at the same point, Bailey Banks, right? It has to. So right. I, I got to go with Banks. Carmella has grown immensely from when she first started out as well, that's the... that's called uh, implants. <laughs> Her talent has grown immensely since when she first started out as a second to um, Enzo and Cass to where she has come now. Um, I, I think she's, she's a capable mid-card wrestler, yeah. 100%. Oh, yeah. um, and... and I dare say that her uh, mic skills have grown a ton, and she's actually great on the mic. That's that's what happens when you you're banging Corey, fucking Graves. Graves, there you go, Corey fucking Graves, former NXT tag team champion. Yes, 
uh, with Pac. I'm actually. really sad I never got to see him wrestle. Oh, him and I'm Pac. I'm even more sad I don't care enough to go back and watch. His oh, old you match. should, because those two had such great matches. <sighs> with that being said, uh, yeah, Banks. Yeah. Yep. Then we have the SmackDown Tag Team Championship, seeing Bobby Robert Roode and Dolph Deebly Ziggler, who are the champions for some stupid reason. Yeah, where'd that come from? <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> that blew my mind. <laughs> wow. We were just talking last week about how they haven't used Robert Roode in so long. Oh, he's the fucking tag team champion. <laughs> That's journalism, folks. You know, and they're, they're taking still, on the Street Profits, who are the rightful tag team champions, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, they should be. They were, weren't they? They were at one point. I think they just were, and so... They were at the last pay-per-view. Rude and Diggles must have did something. I guess it must have been Dolph, Dolph's brother getting signed to AEW, and they're like, shit, we gotta push Dolph now, or he's gonna leave. Right. <laughs> well, I'll say this, I don't think they have much faith in Rude and Ziggler. I know I don't. Not that I don't have faith in the two as competitors, I don't have faith in WWE's faith in them, I should say. Uh, Street Profits take their championship back, I think. Street Profits are the best team in WWE right now. I think they are. Maybe outside of uh, New Day, but yeah. Yeah, I don't know. They got more charisma. Oh. I gotta say, especially since... words well, there, buddy. Well, New Day might have had more charisma when, when they were all three, you know? But, well, Pasty, speaking of all three, well, you know, we got an Intercontinental Championship match. Big E, who is the Intercontinental Champion, defending his title against uh, I Cannot Win a Championship Cruz. <laughs> That's where I kind of wonder, is, is E going to be like, no, Cruz, you deserve the title. Here, have it. No. I'm going to go back to my tag team. That's not happening. gonna pick oh uh, yeah biggie to win i think yeah biggie to win mm. come on come on apollo cruz needs to fucking leave and go to impact <laughs> my god he'd be a fucking star him and rich swan for the title yeah. oh my god well cruz just should have joined the hurt business when they fucking offered it and he'd be fine right now oh they're all over every one of them are over yep. right now yep. super over I, I will admit that's something WWE did right. And whether that was MVP. I think it's MVP. Honestly, well, I'm, just, I'm just saying, I'm saying, I'm saying whether it was his call or not, they had to okay it. Am I right? <laughs> yeah. So, so no matter who came up with it, that's something that's done right in WWE at this moment is the yeah. hurt business for sure. They've been using every one of those men properly since MVP came back. Speaking of that, <laughs> speaking of that, we have the United States championship match. Seeing Bobby Lashley take on both Keith Lee and Matt Riddle in a triple throw. Maybe. Right? Isn't it kind of questionable whether or not Keith Lee's going to? Yeah, it's 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 questionable. We're not sure. We're not. We're, there's a couple matches we're not sure about here. Yeah. That seems to be the um, that seems to be the norm for the last couple of years. So why the fuck not? Yeah. But uh, I'm gonna go out of my way and say I think I think Lashley keeps it. I think this hurt business uh, storyline's going well. 
Uh, we're not sure about Keith Lee, so I don't see him getting it, and I can't imagine they putting it on Riddle right now. But well, maybe I can. can imagine that. <laughs> I can imagine it. Riddle's going to be my new Tommy Dreamer. I'm kidding. Uh, but with talent. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I don't know. He might have talent, but I can't see it through his fucking gimmick. It's annoying as shit. His gimmick is definitely holding him back in WWE. And it's not even his gimmick because that's just who he is. And I, I, hate, I hate that I hate him for it, but I do. Yeah. Put some fucking shoes on or wear some knee pads or something. You look too naked. <laughs> I've said it on the podcast before. Anytime a wrestler doesn't wear knee pads, I get uncomfortable. I'm like, you're showing me too much of your body, bro. It doesn't, (laughs) you know, Randy Orton without knee pads would be disturbing as fuck. But Randy Orton in his underwear with knee pads is fine. I don't don't know why. (laughs) Basically makes his woman go to bed with her fucking knee pads on. (laughs) Cover those knees, woman. (laughs) Uncomfortable. You know, I can't get hard with your knees showing. What are you, some kind of whore? <laughs> oh, speaking of women who are far from whores. I'm starting a new religion where that's pads, the thing. We've no. got the Raw Women's Championship match. Asuka defending her championship against Lacey Evans. Pacey, let's just right now fucking talk about the elephant in the room. Lacey Evans is by by everything everybody knows, shoot pregnant. Yeah. This isn't With a Ric Flair's shoot. baby. Okay, that's a work. The Ric Flair <laughs> part's a work. Are you sure? Well, no, I'm not sure. Her husband never got her pregnant before she was in a storyline with Ric Flair. That's true. So I'm not sure, but uh, we believe she's shoot pregnant. So this match probably won't happen. Not sure what is going to happen, it but, so sucks that she's pregnant because they've been building the storyline with her and Charlotte, and I've actually been looking forward to that. You know, you you're the you're the uh, conspiracy theory. Unless guy. it is all a shoot, and I Charlotte think, kills her baby. Well, I'm thinking, Pace, because <laughs> you're the conspiracy theory guy. I'm thinking that Oscar is like poking holes in the condoms of all of the. <laughs> Coming against her for because she was ba- ba- or uh, uh, Sasha ba- or not Sasha Banks. Uh, uh, um, Nobody's ready Becky for Lynch. babies. <laughs> Becky Lynch gave her her fucking championship due to being pregnant. Lacey Evans is gonna excuse the pun pull out due to being pregnant. Like is is Oscar now like just making her? It is. She got She's been trying to tell us the whole time and- with using the green mist. She's like. <laughs> <laughs> She can fucking, she can get him pregnant just like that. <laughs> That's how she keeps her title. Everybody who goes against her is going to be pregnant. I love it. That should be a good, that should be a storyline. I know I, I'm going to say this right out front and it, I, I, I don't, I'm not a ra- I don't like to be a racist person, but God, would I love a fucking racist angle where like she has some Japanese fucking mojo that just makes them pregnant when she wants them to be like some ancient Asian art, you know, like the green mist. And then like, it's like oh, an acup- acupuncture needle. She just jabbed. You're it. not ready for Oscar. You're ready for baby. Why is she sound like Rusev? <laughs> well, you know, he can, he's not doing anything in AEW. He can come back to WWE. Why not? Um, I was going more for big trouble in little China, but there you go. <laughs> Anyways, I mean, uh, you can pick first, Pacey, but I mean, 
even if this happens, there's only one, right? Yeah, yeah, Asuka, definitely. Yeah. You're not putting the championship on a pregnant woman. I don't think this is a shoot pregnancy, though. I think I think um, Charlotte's going to be like, oh, my dad knocked you up, and then she's going to push Are you legit saying that, or are yeah. you just saying No, I legit. I just, you don't legit. think this is a shoot pregnancy? I, I, don't, I don't believe so. I don't you know. I don't know. I, it might be a shoot pregnancy, but I think. She's still there. You know what I mean? She's still on whatever Raw. Yeah, that's the show she's on. That's the title she's challenging for. Of course, I knew that. You know that fucking, (laughs) you know, filming television doesn't hurt your baby, right? Well, Becky Lynch didn't stick around when she got knocked up. Well, because she had fucking uh, Seth Rollins money to fucking back (laughs) up on. I don't think Lacey Evans has Seth Rollins money to back up on. No, she's got Ric Flair money. That's way better. (laughs) Have you ever met Ric Flair? The fucker has no money. <laughs> it all goes to his other wives. His four other wives. WWE just hired him back so they, that he wouldn't sue them for the man. <laughs> and uh, now the man's not even being used. It was a... F- <laughs> it was a farce to begin with. Basically, speaking of fucking farces, we got this Elimination Chamber bullshit going on. Oh, boy. Yes. We don't give a fucking shit. Only two this year. That's a bonus. That is a bonus. We got Elimination Chamber for the WWE Championship, and we see uh, Drew McIntyre defend his title against Randy Orton, AJ Styles, Jeff Hardy, Uh, Sheamus, and Kofi Kingston. Yeah. (sighs) I don't fucking know. What's up? I don't know. It's a match. Yeah, it's a match. It's an elimination chamber match. It's going to be pretty boring. Nobody's going to want to watch it. Uh, everybody's going to be like, or the, the commentary is going to talk about how Kofi's going to win it all the time and say and how Kofi good Jeff Hardy win. is, even though he doesn't do a whole lot. Jeff and then jump off anything. Drew McIntyre will probably be the last one to enter. He's the champion. Yep, yep, yep. Um, I don't like it when the championship's on the line in these matches. The elimination chamber is set up to give the the person who you know the the show that didn't win the Royal Rumble a shot at WrestleMania. <laughs> Bring my that's not happening this year. <laughs> um, who are you picking? I'm going with Drew McIntyre. I I think he I think he's gonna be on the marquee for WrestleMania. He holds his title at least two, if not through WrestleMania. I cannot see him losing it before. Now, keep in mind as we talked about off the air and maybe on the air now. I don't remember. There is another uh, pay per view coming up, but um, I I think Drew McIntyre keeps it. Yeah. Uh. I'm going with Randy Orton just because Edge still hasn't picked somebody to face yet, and that would make a lot of sense. Plus, Randy gets his title and and gets that accolade. Um, It makes sense to me. And I'd rather see Randy and Edge at Mania than Drew McIntyre and Edge at Mania. Uh, You know, it does make sense to me what you said, but I'm so sick of Randy and fucking Edge, and I I would love to see McIntyre and Edge, to be honest. That's me, though. I, I get what you're saying. I just I, I think this is the way WWE is doing it. Then we have the other Elimination Chamber match, which is the number one contender for the Universal title. Seeing King Corbin versus Kevin Owens versus Cesaro versus Daniel Bryan and Sami Zayn and Jey Uso. 
And the winner of this match faces Roman Reigns in the very next match, which is fucking stupid. Wow. Fucking stupid. Wow. Why couldn't Reigns big league this one and just not wrestle like Brock? It would make sense. It would make sense. It would be great. Paul Heyman could pull the the strings. Yeah. Actually, we could still see that happen. I think this is going to be the better of the two chamber matches. Uh, You got more... Uh, you got King Corbin, got which really drags it down a little bit. <laughs> I don't know that you got more work rate. I think you, you got do. younger folk. You got younger folk. Well, Randy Orton and King Corbin are going to do about the same amount of work. Yeah. AJ is comparable to Daniel. Jeff and Sammy, probably. Jeff and I'd say Jeff and Jay. Uh, I don't know about Seamus, but well, Cesaro, uh, Seamus Cesaro yeah. <laughs> and Kofi Kingston is less than Owens. Yeah. Less than. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's fairly, I'd say it's fairly even. This one might have the better chance. Of course, they're in a fucking weird chain link fucking construction. So who knows what's going to happen? Right. What you got? Uh, you know, we've had a bunch of Owens. And I think Owens is likely, but I'm going to go with Cesaro because Cesaro needs to have a push. And he's been doing him. some good shit lately. He had a really good match, I think, with Daniel Bryan. I want to see him big swing somebody into that fucking elimination chamber chain. I like that at the Royal Rumble when him and Sheamus were in in together and all of a sudden Cesaro grabs Sheamus and puts him up for the spin and Cesaro's like, what are you doing? And Cesaro's like, well, every man for himself. <laughs> <laughs> It's it's just I love Cesaro and I want to see him get pushed here. It, you know what? I have no problem with Cesaro winning this and even winning the Universal Championship. I it's don't so think fucked it's up that neither one of us are picking Brian, isn't it? Uh, yeah. His you t- haven't said your pick yet. I'm gone. Well, that's all right. <laughs> to me, to me, only two people can win this, and that's Kevin Owens or Jay Uso. Yep. I don't think it's time for Uso to split yet, so I'm going Kevin Owens. I know it's kind of, I mean, yeah, I'm taking the easy out, Kevin Owens. Which would bring us to the Universal Championship match, Roman Reigns versus the winner of the Elimination Chamber match, whoever that may or may not be. Um, I think it's going to be Owens or Jay Uso either way. And I honestly think one of those two is actually winning the Universal Championship I think that there's a chance Reigns doesn't go into WrestleMania as champion because he doesn't need it. You think so? Uh, I think he doesn't need it. I think there's a chance. Is that Vince thinking? Probably not. So I'm not taking the easy way out here. The if Jay wins the chamber, he's laying down for Roman. Uh, I, You know, I don't think it happens yet, but I wouldn't mind seeing him stand up now. I don't think it happens now. I don't think it does. I think you need both Usos for that. Right. Um, but I'm going to, with the chamber winner, whoever that yeah. may or may not be. Even I'm, if it's King Corbin. <laughs> I guess. That'd be good shit. Maybe they could get some dog food in the mix. Harken back <laughs> to that classic match. Classic. Classic. What series of matches, wasn't it? Because it started with a can of dog food and then it turned into a vat of dog food. I don't know. Some weird shit. Um, Moses were in there. I don't know. You know, I picked Cesaro, but I definitely see Kevin Owens and Jey Uso being the last two. 
fuck does that mean for this? Nothing. I'm picking Reigns to win. I know he could lose it and get it back at Fastlane, and that would be fine by me, especially if it was Owens, because I think Owens deserves the fucking title. He's one of my favorites in WWE. Yeah, but do you want him to have a month reign again? Hasn't no. he already had like a one fucking I want him to reign. go to Mania with it, but I just see Roman reigning because it's in his name. It is in his name. He reigns supreme. Yeah. He also Romans, and he likes romaine lettuce. I want to see Roman Greco-Roman wrestle. Cannot do that. <laughs> Pasty, I think we are out of time. Yes. Um, man, I did not expect this to go the way it went and get as much into it as we did, but I'll tell you what, Joe Willing, we did it. We did it. We got through another episode in the bag, and we'll be back next week for even more. I'm hoping we can say this was a good show and I, that I talked you into watching it and it wasn't a complete waste of time, but the way they booked it sure seems like a fucking waste of time to me. Either way, it'll be a fun show next week, right? Yeah. It's either going to be great or fucking horrible. It's going to be one of the two. Hey, I doubt it's going to be mediocre. As long as every week takes us one step closer to revolution, I'm happy. And it's finna happen. Uh, well, with that being said, uh, my name is Pasty. My name, of course, is Faticus Machiavelliacus. Yes, love spread that shit like cancer. Snap out of it. <laughs>